With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Football season is all about competition. When it comes to tailgating, that competition isn't limited to the playing field. Start with better meat from Fairway. Hand cut, fresh, and affordable. Fairway gives you the advantage in tailgating excellence. Get ready for kickoff with the best selection of meats and all the fixings from Fairway. HN Podcast, I'm John Miller, along with Steve Dace, coming at you following Iowa's bye week, the 23rd, 24th day of September, somewhere along there. And uh, I guess first and foremost, Steve, uh, Iowa moved up quite a bit in the polls. Uh, The AP and coaches poll Iowa 14th this week, again in the beauty pageant that is mostly uh, meaningless, except for sending out little recruiting notes and stuff like that, and you'd rather be ranked than not. Um, I think Iowa's highest ranking in the uh, polls since 2016. Iowa, the fourth highest ranked Big Ten team. Next opponent for Iowa is Middle Tennessee State. You actually saw them quite a bit in week one as they were playing at Michigan, a game that Michigan uh, won 40-21. Michigan was up 27-14 at halftime. Middle Tennessee State also coming off of a bye week. Uh, I went back and looked through the Kirk Ferentz era. Iowa has never played a non-Big Ten opponent coming off of a bye. Uh, <laughs> Iowa, Iowa is a team that spends a ton of time on fundamentals every year during bye weeks, regardless of when that bye week is. And I kind of just think going to this, Iowa is going to stick to the fundamental script of their bread and butter and just try to work on those things for this game, nothing too fancy. But what what should Iowa fans be looking for relative to Middle Tennessee State, and should they have any concerns? Well, on a macro view, you're talking about one of um, one of the most stable group of five programs in the country. You know, Rick Stockstill is kind of the Kirk Ferentz of the group of five. John, he's been there, I think, for 12 or 13 years. That's a heck of a long time to be at a group of five school, especially when you've had success as he's had. I mean, I think he's gone to something like six or seven bowl games. Um, you know, last year they were a heartbreaking loss away from winning the conference USA championship lost a lot of guys off of that team. So on a, on a, on a big picture level, you won't intimidate them. Um, there won't be a point in the game where, you know, um, you'll steamroll them. Uh, if you beat them, it'll just be because you're just physically better than them that day. So this, they're, they're a little bit more stable. Um, uh, you know, they've got a little bit more of an identity, than a lot than a most even even good group of five teams tend to be good for a flash in the pan and that coach moves on you know so they're a very deeply embedded team culturally in terms of this year's team a lot of the guys that were on last year's team are gone um when we played them the opening week of the season they were i think breaking in some like eight or nine first time starters including a new quarterback stock still has had his son brent playing for him for the last couple of years they won a lot of games together the new quarterback there, it, it's kind of a poor man's Brock Purdy in a way, um, kind of a smaller, uh, more slight version of him. Uh, very good escapability, mobility, good touch on the ball, good moxie. You know, not an overly physically gifted athlete, because if he was, he probably wouldn't be in Middle Tennessee. But uh, now I have no idea how well he has played 
Um, you know, that not really kept a good track on them the last couple of weeks, so I couldn't tell you where he's at right now. But I was really impressed. If you want to kind of get an idea what he did to Michigan, it's similar to what the Northern Iowa quarterback did to Iowa State in their opener. I mean, we had him dead to rights four, five, six times, and he managed to squeeze out of there. Okay, so that's something to keep an eye on on Saturday. Um, I don't know how they'll play you guys defensively, you know, against Michigan. Uh, I mean, we, there's a former defensive coordinator there, Scott Schaefer, uh, who used to be a former defensive coordinator at Michigan at Stanford for Jim Harbaugh, uh, former head coach at Syracuse. And, I mean, they, they ran a lot of, of A-B gap blitz right up the middle uh, against Michigan, trying to kind of confuse Michigan's blocking assignments with two redshirt freshman tackles in that game. Um, and, and so I, I would imagine, given the tighter formations Iowa likes to use, you might see a lot of that on Saturday from them as well. Asher O'Hara is, is the quarterback that you're mentioning. He's um, 63 of 89 on the season for 785 yards. That's a completion percentage of 71. Uh, eight touchdowns to two interceptions. Has been sacked 10 times, which is probably a lot to do with his running and how they ca- categorize sacks. He's Middle Tennessee's leading rusher, he has 42 attempts for 202 yards. Obviously, some of those yards uh, are taken away from him when he's actually been sacked to pass. The next leading rusher, 18 carries for 107 yards. So as Asher O'Hara goes, so goes Middle Tennessee State. Relative to, uh, you know, obviously the huge game for Middle Tennessee State, opportunity to beat a Big Ten team. They're coming off a bye. So, you know, your Iowa probably should expect the kitchen sink to be thrown at them. The fact that Iowa is coming off of a bye and not playing a Big Ten team for the first time, as I mentioned, are you kind of thinking the same way I am is probably not going to be too much outside the script for Iowa in this game? That's kind of been their MO um, in in this game, and especially with what is on tap the following week. And that's, I think, now becomes the swing game of Iowa's season, where um, if if you look at – Games that suddenly don't look nearly as difficult as they did uh, for the last eight months, that road trip to Ann Arbor is one. And in, in many respects, Iowa's program is very similar to a Wisconsin's, not flashy. Basically, Wisconsin is Iowa with Jonathan Taylor. You know, I, I watched Jack Cohn. I didn't really see anything that impressed me, really. Uh, but but he also didn't have to do anything because they just so dominated the line of scrimmage that they took the game out of his hands. Kirk Ferentz would prefer not to have the game in his quarterback hands if 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 that's possible, um, you know. But um, I think that game with what is on tap and the physical uh, advantage that Iowa is going to have against Michigan's defensive front, um, I yeah I I could see this being pretty vanilla in order to get out of there. And, um, you know, that there's no question there's a look-ahead factor. The difference is this team's going to have a little bit more athleticism and skill than some of the teams Iowa has played in this kind of late September, you know, let's finish out the non-conference schedule and just get to Big Ten play kind of a slot. This team will be more athletically gifted. So, you're going to want to get on them early and not let them hang around because they they this is a, a this is a group of five program with a winning culture. We'll pause right here for sponsor break. Be back shortly. 
Floors that fit your life. Just one of the reasons Flooring America is where friends send friends. Now, buy any carpet and get free labor. Every color, every style, and save 10% on Galvanite floors too. Buy with 36 months special financing. Now at Flooring America. Let's um, let's take some questions. Uh, I, I tossed that out on Twitter uh, from Iowa fans right about now because Iowa had a bye week. You know, we just talked about Middle Tennessee State. It's not like we're going to spend 35 minutes talking about them. Um, and the Wisconsin topic is coming up quite a bit. Um, this comes from Aaron Bush. Run down Wisconsin's remaining schedule and highlight where, if at all, they'll face a real challenge. As an Iowa fan, I'm interested in how likely it is that Iowa could beat them for the West, even if Iowa only drops one or two conference games. I would say to Aaron, if Iowa has two losses, I don't think they're going to make it to Indianapolis. And one of Iowa's losses probably can't be Wisconsin, and I'll tell you why. Wisconsin's Big Ten schedule, in order, Northwestern at home, Michigan State at home, at Illinois, at Ohio State, Iowa at home, at Nebraska, Purdue at home, and at Minnesota. And based upon what I've seen from Wisconsin thus far on both sides of the ball, uh, Ohio State, yeah, I think Ohio State can beat them at the horseshoe. Wouldn't say it's a given. And then right after that game, they play against Iowa. And let me look to make sure that's not a bye. Uh, They do have a bye after they play Ohio State and before they play Iowa. So, man, at worst, 7-2 is what I see for Nebraska. But that 7-2 has to include – You mean Wisconsin. I'm sorry. Yeah, Wisconsin. And at worst, that 7-2 has to include Iowa beating Wisconsin because that head-to-head is going to give one of these two teams almost a two-game swing. the, the next question from Jeffrey the Greek almost sums it up for me. He says, it's a statement rather, I feel a lot better about Iowa getting to 10 wins, but worse about them getting to Indianapolis. And I agree with that. Well, I, I think, first of all, I, I, I was impressed with what Wisconsin did the opening two weeks. Okay. And I, and I really think people need to, and we're going to get much more into this yes. bigger 10 podcast. But since this is the question we were asked right from the outset, I really think people need to look at the, you know, I got a tweet last night on the bigger 10 account. I can't believe you're like reversing your position, you know, based on what you're seeing on the field. Really? (laughs) You want me to hold on to predictions I made in May? You know, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to overreact to one week of games, but for every team in college football, a quarter of the season is over. Everybody's played three games, right? Everybody has. So, I mean, um, what am I supposed to react to? Why, why would I hold on to predictions in June when a quarter of the season is played? Well, it's like, it's like saying I, I can't believe that, you, that you're selling your Tesla stock even though they haven't met exactly. industry expectations for, I don't right. know, 15 straight quarters. Yes. Yeah. Why, how much longer do I wait for IBM to prove Windows 95 is a fluke? How much longer? <laughs> All right. So I, I – now, now – there's going to be some teams who look terrible right now who are going to finish great. And we probably don't know who they are. And there are going to be some teams who look great right now who are not going to finish well. Okay, last year, South Florida was 7-0. and And they looked like the guaranteed group of five team in the New Year Six. They lost their next eight games in a row by an average of 20 points per game. So that's going to happen, all right? 
Um, I actually did not think was I was not as impressed by Wisconsin on Saturday. I, I mean, I, because I already was impressed. Meaning Wisconsin played the game. I said it. To, I said in all of our podcasts last week they were going to play. I'm not. I'm. A, I wasn't surprised by that. I, I know they had played scrubs, but when you're putting up the, you know, there's been a lot of college football played in the Big Ten since 1936, John. A lot. And when you're opening two games, you put up the third best point differential in the Big Ten conference since the AP poll era began in 1936. Man, I don't care if you're going out there and playing freaking Susquehanna A&M and, um, you know, um, uh, Puerto Rico State, man, JV. That's impressive. There's a lot. I mean, how many scrub games have teams opened up with in the Big Ten over this, since 1936? Nobody else did that. So, in fact, when I did my yards per play differential, Wisconsin dropped. They were over four yards per play differential going into the game against Michigan. They actually dropped behind Ohio State. So I think people need to look at Wisconsin's body of work and not just assume because they did this against a team with history that suddenly like, wow, I guess I didn't realize they were that good. And actually forget brands and recruiting rankings. Now that we're a quarter of the way into the season and actually look at the product on the field, give up the ghost on what you thought going into the season. Now you analyze based on what you've actually seen and you don't change your analysis based on what you've seen until the teams on the field make you change it. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. So uh, they're a good team. You know, they're, well, here's what's different. They're not, they're, not, they're not beating themselves like they did last year. Injuries, turnovers. But other than that, this is actually a pretty typical Wisconsin team. I mean, I, I, you know, Jack Cohn did, wasn't really asked to do much. Um, their offensive line was really good. But when has it not been good? I mean, ever. You know, so – um, I, I, to me, I, 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 if I were an Iowa fan, I think you need to look at this game. It's it, Aaron's question is like a Michigan fan trying to think of how do I get to Indianapolis without having to beat Ohio State in a year where they're not incompetent, right? Not going to happen. So it's really simple for Iowa. You're going to have to go to Madison and beat them. That's it. Yeah. Both teams, both teams' schedules are still pretty difficult down the stretch. You know, um, I, you know, if. If there was another team that was 107th in the nation in fumbles lost, that wore any other uniform other than the one Wisconsin beat that bad on Saturday, would you be looking at their schedule thinking, oh, my goodness, oh, I mean, by the will of Allah, I can't see another loss on the schedule. No, it's an overreaction to a brand, all right? They're a good football team, not an overly talented team. Defense is okay. You know, they play really hard. They don't really have an edge rusher. There's no TJ Watt there. There's no Jack Seeley there. You know, they're they're okay. They don't have any like Dakota Dixons in the secondary, like at all. I mean, I and, and I and part of this is I've actually spent some of it today, and I've sent you some of these clips going back through the film yesterday while I was watching the NFL. And man, and I'm not making this up. I've shared some of it with you. We got we got receivers just running wide open. I mean, yeah. just, by 20 yards and no one throwing them the ball. So their secondary is not very good. Um, the linebackers are really good, but, but not a year where like three or four of those guys are going to be in the NFL. Their defensive front. Okay. You know, yeah, um, the offensive line is to me, they they're much better there with the four new starters. They, and no, they, they're the cohesion and everything else. That's the, that's the area where they've made the most progress. I still don't know how good Jack Cohen is because 
He hasn't been asked to win any football games. And Jonathan Taylor is just a beast. In other words, what's that sound like to you? A, a typical Wisconsin team, but I don't think their defensive talent is as good as it's been on their best teams. Right. So you know, I would not WL if I was an Iowa fan, I wouldn't WNL their schedule or yours or pull out the Rubik's cube and you know if we carry the four and put a decimal point here, you're just going to have to go there and beat. We'll pause right here for sponsor break. Be back shortly. Check out our monthly specials at Floors Direct on carpet, hardwood, and luxury vinyl to save you even more. Bigger selection than the home centers, expert service, and always better value. Floors Direct. Say yes to paying less. From AZN Hawkeye, now that we've seen four weeks of college football games, how difficult is Iowa's remaining schedule, and how would you rank the remaining opponents from hardest to easiest? Um, I, I think from my standpoint, the schedule maybe isn't as daunting because Michigan's play uh, isn't up to the level that I thought they were going to be playing at. So I think that that game looks a lot more winnable now than I thought it did back in August. I think Penn State may be a little better than I thought, but you get that game at home. Uh, Purdue is not as good as I thought they were going to be. Obviously, if Elijah Sindelar uh, can't go, they're an entirely different team. Northwestern's not as good as I thought they were going to be. Wisconsin's better than I thought they were going to be, but I did pick them uh, to tie for the division. Minnesota, still too early to tell, in my opinion. Illinois is better than I thought they were going to be. And Nebraska, at this juncture, probably isn't as consistent as I thought they would be, but Iowa doesn't play that game until the end of the year. So on the whole, it's probably a little less daunting than I thought, but not by much. Uh, because I, you know, Wisconsin's a lot better than I thought. Michigan's not as good as I thought. So I don't know. Well, I mean, with Northwest, what do you think, Steve? I don't disagree with any of that. Um, it doesn't right now. It doesn't look. It, it's still a pretty. It's still a difficult schedule, but it doesn't look like the historic gauntlet we thought it was before the season started. Now. When you look at some of these games, um, Wisconsin's identity is established, okay? So you're going to have to beat them on a day where you out-execute them you, or, and or you out-athlete them, you know, which is kind of typical of what you've seen out of Wisconsin over the last 25 years and last season notwithstanding is a bit of an outlier. Michigan's going to have a day where eventually all – you know, they're, they're putting up a, raw, a two deep roster with 33 four-star prospects, four or five-star prospects on it. At some point, they're just going to roll out the footballs and just blitzkrieg somebody. It might, it might be in the middle of a six-and-six six season. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? Okay, but when you've got that kind of talent, that's eventually going to happen. Um, could it be two weeks from now? It could be. I think it's just as possible that that occurs as um, – you know, 15,000 Michigan fans sell their tickets to Hawkeye fans, even on homecoming weekend. And, and Michigan just comes out and doesn't want to play. I, there's a lot of internal things happening in that program. right now. So I think that's a total wild card. You look at Northwestern. I, I, I go back to what we've talked about before. I don't, I, there has still not been a single moment. I looked at Hunter Johnson and thought I can see why that was a kid rated as a higher recruit than Tua. I, I haven't seen anything like that. Um, in fact, I got to stop comparing him to CJ Vachey. He was a lot better. Um, you look at, uh, Penn state. I don't really think they're that good. 
Um, no Saquon Barkley in the backfield and a quarterback. Who, you keep telling me that Sean Clifford runs faster than Trace McSorley, but he doesn't have nearly the quickness, instincts, lateral escapability. Uh, you know, to me, that looks like a team another uh, with more of a pro-style look that Iowa kind of matches up really well with and, and, you know, arguably should have won the last two meetings against them anyway. I mean, those games came down to the, the final seconds. Nebraska is another wild card. You know, they're starting to learn how to, these last few weeks now, how to, how to generate big plays. And now it's about learning the culture of winning and closing out games. You know, last night they won, what were they, minus four in turnovers? That's, that is about, that's a, that's a, that's a less than 1% proposition to win that game. And the, and the one way you do it is you have 700 yards of offense and the other team barely has, doesn't get to 300. That'll do it. Okay, if you out, you outgain the other team by 400 yards, you're, you're going to overcome that kind of a turnover fiasco. And, uh, but even with that though, Illinois still had the ball with a chance to win the game at the end. So with, so Nebraska is kind of figuring it out. You can see the ceiling there now, um, you know, but, and I would imagine barring the health of Adrian Martinez, they may have it figured some, some of that figured out by the time you guys play at the very end of the season. So um, I, here's what I, here's the best news for an Iowa fan is if you're an Iowa fan, you want to be put in a position where it's, it's about our identity and our execution. And when I look at the rest of the schedule now, with the exception of the Michigan game, because at this point on a week to week basis, you have no idea which team is showing up. Depending on which Michigan team shows up, there's no team on your schedule that you look at right now and say, physically, I just don't think we can match up with them. We'll pause right here for a sponsor break. Be back shortly. You want to wake up and see the clock? Tired of contacts or glasses? LASIK eye surgery with Wolf Eye Clinic may be the life change you've been looking for. The first to perform LASIK in Iowa, more Iowans trust Wolf Eye Clinic specialists with their eyes. Call 833-532-8809 to schedule a free LASIK consultation with a Wolf Eye Clinic surgeon today. Well, yeah, I think that you're, you're probably right there. I, I, I'm interested to see what Iowa's defense looks like this coming week, because I went back and watched the Iowa State film. And things we talked about last week, things that Ed Podolak brought up during that broadcast after the second rain delay, saying the pass rush is essentially gone. He, he was dead on, because as I, I, I watched the defensive line very closely, and they almost stopped really trying to do anything other than stay in the lanes and play a very bland defensive approach. And Purdy wound up getting up to 16 of 17 as far as passing is concerned. And that's when Phil Parker began to bring some linebackers and occasionally a safety to bring pressure. Because Iowa's front four, not only were they not getting much pressure, they weren't necessarily doing things to try to free one another up. You didn't see the extensive, you know, tackle twist games. The stunting and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you yeah. didn't see it. And the reason why, when they were trying it, the players were slipping. I saw Epinesa on two separate occasions within three snaps of one another. When he was firing out of his four-point stance, his feet were slipping like, like a, a rear tire on a rear-wheel drive car spinning. He couldn't get any traction. And then there was a time that on better footing, he could have cut that angle after he got out, outside and passed the outside shoulder of the left tackle, but he had to round it off like a banana because he couldn't cut. 
And Iowa State, of course, was facing the same issue. This isn't like just Iowa had a problem, mm-hmm. but this was it was it the footing clearly affected Iowa's pass rush. Now that said, through three games, Iowa has three sacks through three games. And that is a number that has to change. Now, how they stack up physically may bode well this year because it seems like they're they've been forced to abandon the cash the four two five they're sticking more with their base four three from a personnel and injury standpoint Iowa should be getting a number of players back from injury over the course of the next couple of weeks but uh I don't know man I mean Michigan must it Wisconsin looks pretty beefy but Wisconsin always looks pretty beefy that that game, the majority of the question we've had like twelve or thirteen replies, uh, and I and I just put this tweet out to give us a shout um, right before we started recording this. Interestingly enough, most every question, Steve, is about Iowa um, and Wisconsin, or can Iowa win the West without this? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all focused now on Iowa, Wisconsin, and. The fans don't play, so I don't care what the fans are looking at. There's times where I've tweeted through the years, you know, focus on the next game. Well, we don't play. We don't play the game. Fans are right. free right. to look at the schedule and do whatever the heck they want. But I can, I can tell you the players WNL their schedules before the season. I just can tell you that from my own history covering a team. They they're human. Uh, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're human. That's why, that's why we as handicappers call them sandwich games, look-ahead games, letdown games, right? Well, why, what, a letdown from what? You wouldn't be letting down unless you're like, man, how great did we play last week? And you wouldn't be looking ahead unless you were like, man, that's a big game next week. So they're doing it too. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about it. It comes down to this if you're playing Wisconsin. you got to make Jack Cohen beat you, okay? Now, Quintus Cephas being in the lineup gives them a, a, the kind of body at receiver. Danny Davis is a nice player. A.J. Taylor's a nice player, but that's the kind of receiver Wisconsin's kind of had in the past. Kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah, not bad, you know? Quintez Cephas is a body type. They don't get a lot at Wisconsin at that position. And, and, and what you got to do is you got to make Jack Cohen beat you. And if he can, great. And then you're just like, well, that's the better team, right? You, but you can't do what Michigan did yesterday, which is – never ever find out the answer to that question you can't do that well i mean it's like last year when iowa played against wisconsin you got to make alex hornybrook beat you and during the course of his career he hasn't been all that great he wasn't all that great at doing it um Iowa, of course, had a couple of turnovers that killed him on a, on a kick return or a punt return one of the two i can't remember what it was i think it was maybe a kick return uh and then the the you know, where the ball went off one of Iowa's, um, you know, punt return team players' legs, and Wisconsin got that gift. So Iowa beat themselves. So oftentimes it does. That's just the way that it comes down to in this game. Mm-hmm. Make the other quarterback beat you. All right, we'll wrap that up. We have a lot of ground to cover this week in the Bigger Ten podcast. I'm going to be talking about some really hard questions as to what Michigan's brand is. Um, if, if Harbaugh can't get it done at Michigan, what's that spell for the future of the program? There's a, a, there was a lot to digest relative to the Michigan and Wisconsin game. And we'll talk about the others as well. You'll want to tune in to the bigger 10 podcast. So for Steve, I'm John. We'll talk to you soon.